You may be seated. Because they're the word of God. I don't know if you caught any of the words, if you know any Spanish, but the first one was from Zacharias. It's not, and not, with, um, it's not with might, not by power, but by your Holy Spirit. And that's the first song that we were singing, and this one is just praise the Lord. And that, you know, John saw the number of the redeemed, and some were praising, and some were praying, but everyone was worshiping God. So I love the songs. We tried introducing some new choruses in the church, and they didn't go over so well. So I had to go back to the choruses that they know. They call them coritos. And so we, had, we have a good time. But this morning, we have about 12 people that will be gathering together. About 12 adults and about 25 children will come to our church this morning to celebrate the Lord. And uh, we have a lot of fun because, like... God gave us this church. Let me just put it that way. God gave us this church in January of last year. A pastor came to us and said, I want to donate some property and a church building that comes with classes and bathrooms and water and electricity and and a church and people. And we're like, we were not planning on this at this point. We knew someday in the future we would probably have a YWAM church. But God opened the doors for this. We took over the church and... And I became a pastor of a church, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, um, and, to, and the, the choruses, and it's very rustic. It's a wooden building. We do have cement floors, and we do have a roof. Um, but there's no windows, wide open to the outside. We literally have a monkey that comes to our church services and sits on the windowsills. And dogs come with the children. The children come barefoot. And, and we just have a good time worshiping the Lord. And whenever you pull out the choruses, everybody sings. We thought we'd try it our way, and it didn't work so well. And we realized we needed to make some changes. And also, like, when I started talking about um, one morning, I came with this message that, that I felt that God had given me, and I was all excited about it. And we had three adults and 25 children. And I was going to talk about the redemption of Rahab the prostitute. And I'm just standing there, and I'm going, change the plans. <laughs> And we changed the whole message and the service, and now we do what we call family services. And we start with the choruses for children with emotions, and, and we have a lot of fun with them. And then, we, and then we do some sort of activity. It's like a mini kids' church enveloped in adults. I have a 95-year-old woman in my church who plays hide-and-seek with us. And another man who I'm not even sure how old he is, but he's an older gentleman. And he just loves getting involved in the games that we do. We've done treasure hunts. We've had them look under their seats for things. We've done like a game of of telephone and talking about prayer and and getting the message to God that we don't have to go through anyone else. We go straight to God. And we just have so much fun. And and then we, we don't water down the message. But yes, we do have to change it to make it simple for the children to understand. So God's been doing something great there. In the video at the end, that was my last Sunday in the church. We rented out a pool facility that was down the street from the church, and we did water baptisms, and we water baptized five people that day. And the cool part of the story is the first man that I baptized, his name is Jack. He is a new Christian, um, and and he was a new Christian right before we took over the church, and then two months after the church started, of course, you know, there was quarantine. So we didn't even see the people for six or seven months. And because of where we, they live and where we live, there's no internet. So there was no communication with them for six or seven months. But during that time, every once in a while, I'd send messages and he would get them at some time. 
So I would send them video messages. I would send them words. I would encourage them the best that I could until God opened the door that we could actually go into the community because we were restricted in our movement too. And then we would go to the community and start talking to the people and blessing them and, and just started discipling him. And him and his wife just really clicked. And so we, when we started church again, um, we started talking about a water baptism, started talking to them about that. First, I wanted to make sure um, in, it's popular in the community there that people live together and they're not married. So I started, I started asking the hard questions, how are we doing with this? And, and um, so we're going to marry them soon, um, officially. But uh, it's, part, it's just part of the community. So you just kind of work with the people. He's doing right with his family. He's teaching them the Bible. He's reading. He's praying. They're both. And so we water baptized him first. And, then, and I wasn't so sure when he got up if he had gone all the way down. So that's why I put my hand on top with a little bit of water just to make sure everything was wet. And then he helped me baptize his wife and his two children. So we, it was a really exciting moment to be able to do that. And, uh, and, and that was the Sunday before I came here. So, and, and that week before we came here, also, I don't know if you guys are aware, but you guys sponsor a soccer team um, that's in Pucallpa, in, my, in our little community too. And it's, it's called God Soccer. The coach called it God Soccer. And every Wednesday we go as YWAM and we share like a value with them to teach these kids a value and relate it to God and soccer. So the last time I went, I went and I took my little, we call this the wordless book. It's our, our version of it. And, uh, and I, I taught them about the, uh, about the gospel message, you know, that we're created to be live in eternity with God. He created us, but then sin came into the world and darkened our hearts. And, and because of sin, you know, sin separates us from God. I'm doing a really quick synopsis. And because of sin, sin separates us from God. But Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for us so that we could be reconciled with God. And in that, he, when, we, uh, when we believe that Jesus died on the cross and, and believe in our heart that he raised from the dead, that he gives us a new heart and cleanses us from all of our sin so that we can live in eternity with him. And I did that message with those kids, and five of the boys received Christ that day. So my last week was one of the most fruitful weeks that I've had in, in a while. And I was like, God, just thank you that I can leave on this snow. Because it's been very exhausting and with everything that we're doing. But God has been blessing. But, um, and, and like, we do live in the jungle. Um, but people don't run around in loincloths and bows and arrows, just, just for... Just so you know, we live on what's called the Ukiyaile River, which is one of the major tributaries to the Amazon, the Amazon just a little north of us. And we are, literally our backyard is the Amazon, we're in the Amazon jungle, but our backyard is pure jungle. And, um, and we live right on the river. And they call us the gateway to the jungle. Because a lot of missionary um, organizations are in Pucallpa, they don't lack for people spreading the gospel. There's groups from Germany. There's groups from, from Sweden. There's, there's missionaries from all over the world that are in Pucallpa spreading the gospel. And God had called us years ago to start a ministry in Pucallpa. And God was working in my heart because, as you know, I was in Argentina for several years. And then God built a team and sent us to Pucallpa. And so we're pioneering a YWAM ministry. We took over a house, a pastor um, was finishing his term as a YWAM missionary from Brazil, and he sold us his house, he gave us the church, he gave us a truck, and like in a, a, one of the most difficult times that we had there and right before the pandemic. So it got worse. 
but I felt like God's hand of blessing and favor was upon us. Like he was showing us, just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to be hard. And it was very hard, as it was everywhere in the world. But we had to change how we did things. Because now we couldn't leave. You know, we couldn't leave our house. We weren't allowed to leave our property. But thank God that he gave us this beautiful house that was large. We had 12 people living with us at the time. And thank God for Bridge Community Church and all of my supporters. And many of you are here today and many of you are listening. Because if it weren't for you, we, wouldn't have had, we wouldn't, literally would not have been able to provide for those 12 people living in that house. Because as, as a lot of things in the world tanked, so did the economy of Latin America. And so did the economy of all of our missionaries in the base. And literally for five months, we, we were supported by the people of Bridge Community Church. The offerings that came in helped supply the food and pay the bills for the time that we were, we were going through. And it was a difficult time, but we never lacked anything. We actually got the quarantine 15 just like everybody else. And God just blessed us abundantly, but he opened many other doors that we never thought we could do. We do our online ministry with a cell phone. You know, I have my cell phone right here doing our online ministry. My video I did with that, so if it seemed a little choppy, it's because everything was done on here. And if it seemed like I was talking weird, I never talk English. So I was trying very carefully to pronounce the words correctly as I was doing the video. And then as I listened to the video with my nephew, because he helped me edit it, I was just laughing at myself. Because I'm like, I'm just talking funny. <laughs> but I don't talk English that often, so every once in a while it was, it, I, I would slip up or I would say a word weird or I would, I would just go, that just sounds funny. And it wouldn't come out right. So we changed a lot of our ministry to online but we've seen a lot of fruits from that. Encouraging people from Argentina were writing us and saying, thank you for that word that really blessed us. People from all over Peru. And even at one point I was doing them in English and I had people from the United States writing and saying, that really just encouraged us. Thank you. So it was a time that just God just changed that and we just keep doing it. Because we know God is opening the doors and now God's blessed us with better, with better equipment to take videos. We have a better computer to be able to edit the videos. And that's all new. So when I go back, it's going to be fun to, to be able to start doing things hopefully at a, a, the next level. But one thing I wanted to share with you this morning is I had prayed because I, I am a preacher by heart. Um, I also hold the record, you know, I'm the first missionary from here, but I also hold the record for the longest sermon at Bridge Community Church. So um, I'm being very careful. I'm watching the time. And so I wanted to share a word with you this morning. I had prayed for this word for months. I prayed, what am I going to share with my church body, specifically because I, I see this as my home, as this is my home-based church. I haven't been here in over four years, and it seems like it's been so long, but this morning when I drove up, I literally was, I was shaking in my car, and I was like, how weird, because I don't get nervous. I just don't get nervous anymore, but I was like, I'm, I'm like shaking. <laughs> I was so excited, and I was excited about sharing this word with you this morning. I did fast for it. I did pray for it, and then I worked through it, and I, I got to practice it because I was at Nick's church last weekend in Cleveland. So those of you who know Nicholas Acevedo, I got to go see him. He was one of my youth from way, way back when, and uh, so I got to share with his church and shared the same words, so I got to practice it, so I worked out all the kinks. So here we go. So if you have your Bibles or your cell phones or whatever app you use, or um, I don't know if they show it on the screen, but we're going to be in Philippians 1, and we're going to look at verses 27 through 30. It's four short verses, and I have three short points, and we're going to just see what God wants to say this morning. 
So we're in Philippians 1, starting in verse 27. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And here we have Paul speaking so that we can kind of have a context. Uh, This was a man who suffered a lot for the gospel of Christ. But this morning, I wanted us to look at at this phrase that he says, to conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Because he, he's, he's talking, and it's kind of interesting, like, whatever happens, he's saying, whatever happens in this life, whatever things are going on, and listen, like, the whole world, okay, it's not just you Americans, it's not just the Latin Americans, it's not just in India, it's not just in Brazil, it's not just in China, the whole world has gone through a pandemic. The whole world has gone through a lot of changes and shifting, and still it's changing and shifting. And um, some places were worse than others. Sometimes I laughed when people would complain online in the United States that, you know, I'm in quarantine, but I'm going through the drive-thru at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, that's not quarantine. I would love to be able to go through a drive-thru. We don't even have drive-thrus, but I would love to go through a drive-thru and get some Dunkin' Donuts. I'm stuck in my house and cannot leave until they tell me. And then, and then I, I was started laughing when people started complaining, oh, it's summertime and we have to wear a mask. I'm like, it's 100 degrees every day in Pucallpa and we have to wear two. If you leave your house, there's a mask on your face. If you're driving, there's a mask on your face. If you go to the store, there's two masks on your face. And the process is of going in the stores, you get your temperature taken every store you go to. So if you go to the mall, you're going to get your temperature taken about six or seven times. And then you're going to get a hand gel because there's somebody standing there. They're going to take your temperature, give you hand gel, and you have to wash your feet, which I still am not sure what that's all about. But everywhere you go, you have to do this. And I'm like, (laughs) Americans. But it's context of where you're at. We've all had to go through processes and where we've been. And I'm not going to say it's easier or harder anywhere else. I'm really not. But I do know that we've all gone through suffering. And we start right here. Whatever happens, whatever your context of what's happening in your life, sickness and in health. Like some of you were really affected by what happened in the last week with Hurricane Ida. Some of you were not. You were comfortable in your homes, watched your Netflix and your movies, eating all your French toast and drinking milk and and enjoying life. Well, that's usually what you buy when there's a storm coming, right? French toast, to make French toast. Your your eggs, bread, and milk. And and then others were really suffering. They had to leave their homes. They were flooded. Their houses were destroyed, or they were unable to leave their homes. And people who are here today were affected by that. So he's saying, whatever is happening, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And what does that word worthy mean? And so I did a little study because I wanted us to to get on that. And we'll do it quickly because I don't want to miss what God wants to say to us, that the word worthy that's used in the Greek is axios. And that word means to weigh. 
And think of a balance, the old school balance, where there was a bowl here and a bowl here. So if you wanted a pound of sugar, you would put the pound weight, and then you would put your sugar until it was evil, equal. And so when it was equal, you knew you had a pound of sugar, and then you dumped it in the bowl, and you paid for the one pound of sugar. And hopefully the weights were correct. But he's saying here, when he uses the word worthy, he's using this word to be equal. He's using this word to say something that's weighing, think of this balance, something that's deserving and comparable. So he's saying live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. And what is this gospel of Christ that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again to pay the price for our sins? The the most simple way to explain the gospel. This is what he did for us. And so he's saying you need to live your life in balance with what Jesus did for you. But he doesn't just say it. He gives us some pointers on how to do it. And that's what I want to get to. So he's saying, you know, we, the Bible is simple. You know, to be saved, it's simple. We don't have to do anything else. In Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, Believe that Jesus died on the cross. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that he rose from the dead and you're saved. It. That's it. Okay? Let's just put it right there. That's it. So... We don't have to do anything to earn our salvation. We can't earn points with God. We don't gain more of his love. We don't gain more of his forgiveness. It's already there. The minute that we're saved. But I want to live my life as a reflection of what he has done for me and live my life in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. And it's not the same for everybody. I'm not going to tell you I'm more holy and more because I'm a missionary and I live in a third world country. I'm not going to tell you that because that's not the case. Because that's what God has called me to do. God has put a specific calling and purpose on each one of us. But he's saying to us three things. What does a worthy life look like? And he's, he's very clear. That's what I love about the word of God. The word of God teaches us how to do that. Number one, stand firm. What does it mean to stand firm? It means I'm resisting temptation. I'm resisting, okay, for all of this pandemic stuff, I'm resisting distraction. There's a lot of distraction out there that's keeping us from being focused on what God wants to do and what he continues to do in this time. Resisting temptation, resisting distraction, being holy. That I'm living my life holy, that I'm not saying, okay, I'm stuck at home now and I'm suffering so I deserve to live my life how I want to. It's not like that. Stand firm. Even in the middle of all of this, that we have to stand up, we still have to be a voice, we still have to be an example of who Christ is. Social media, I don't even want to get started with that. But we have a responsibility to stand firm, to resist, to persevere, to stay stationary, to not let it push us back, but we're advancing forward. We have taken and everything that, that has, the world has given us in the last year, our mission has taken it and said, what can we do more? Like God's calling us to an online ministry, but we had no internet. We had spotty internet at best, but we're like, God's calling us, just do it. We bought a satellite internet system that cost us buco of dollars because it's the only internet that comes to our house. And if there's a cloud in the sky that's between us and the satellite, there's no internet. But we do it and we just believe God. And God has done some fruitful things through that. But you have to stand firm. And, and I'm learning to stand firm and have a fear of God, which very simple, 
you, if you've ever wanted fear of God, it's not being, oh, I'm so afraid of God. It's loving God, hating sin. Simple. Fear God. Love God. Hate sin. So I'm going to live my life, not how close can I get to the sin and not sin and enjoy my life. I'm seeing that that's the point, and I'm going to get as far away from that, and I'm going to live in fear of God because I don't want to fall. A wind, an earthquake, something, I'm going to fall right over, and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live in the fear of God. I'm going to stand firm. Secondly, he says, with one mind. Ooh, that's unity, folks. And how do we find that unity? In the word of God. Not extra biblical things. Not saying, well, God spoke to me this and God spoke to me. What does the word of God say? What does the truth say? We have to be in the word of God. If you don't know the word of God, you're going to easily fall into the traps of the enemy that are happening all around us. And there is a lot of that. We have what we, what we call in YWAM Bible, Bible poverty where the people are poor in the word of God. When I started uh, taking over this church, every time I do an altar call, they, all of my church got saved every week. And I'm like, something's not right here. And, they had, and I started asking the questions, are you reading the Bible? Nobody had a Bible. And God gave us a, a woman who came in just in January, just when we were starting the church, and she goes, what do you need? I said, we need Bibles. So we went to the Bible store, we bought a box of Bibles and gave Bibles to all of the families and kids. So in, the, in our church and on our street, everybody has a Bible. So I started challenging them to read the word of God. I'm like, you guys, if you don't know the word of God, how can you stand in unity with other brothers and sisters? I don't have to be here to be in unity with you. I have to be in this. And I can be in unity with brothers and sisters all over the world in one mind. So we need to be in unity. We need to get to that point where we know the word of God, we're preaching the word of God, and not allow the, wor- and not allow the world to stray us from that focus on the word of God. So with one mind. And also, number three, do not fear. Do not fear. So he's telling us first, stand firm. He's telling us in unity, with one mind. And then he says, don't be frightened. Do not fear. No matter what is happening in the world around you, we cannot live in fear. We can live in prudence. We can live in wisdom and do the right things. But we can't live in fear. If I die, I die. If I live, I live. Thank God. And then I can just continue doing what I'm doing. But I'm going to use wisdom. I'm going to use prudence. I'm going to ask God, what does his word say? And I'm going to continue walking in that. My philosophy, last year when the the whole pandemic hit and they started doing those Patriot flights and allowing people to get out of the country, I got asked the question, are you going home? I said, why? I came here to live with the Peruvians. And I came to, to, like Paul said, to become like them. So if they're going to suffer through a quarantine here, I'm going to suffer through a quarantine with them. And if I have to take um, dog medicine which that's what they were giving. Now it's, now it's becoming popular here, Evectramine. And that's what they take to prevent it. So I would go to the community. Everybody would go. We would drink our milk with a little bit of Evectramine to prevent the virus. And I'm like, if that's what they're taking, that's what I'll take too. Because I want to be one of them. I don't want to think I'm more special, that I need something more that they can't have. Their, their, their solution to every sickness is a mixture 
of garlic, of, um, oh, what is it, ginger, and onion, and honey, and they drink it like a tea. It burns. But they kill all of their diseases with that. That's their, their mix. They're very homeopathic. Um, remember where I'm from, it's also very shamanic, but, um, but that's a more natural approach. Eucalyptus, you can smell eucalyptus burning in the night because supposedly that wards off all of the mosquitoes. Um, whole nother story, whole nother time. So staying on track of time. So I want to end with this. You know, he also said that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. That he's not saying that things are going to go easy, smoothly. We're all going to suffer. It's not that you become a Christian and all of a sudden the blessings flow. There are blessings. There are favor. God helps us through the struggle. But he does say in words like from David in Psalm 23, 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, does that sound like blessings sitting in my home? Everything's good. Walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, that he is with us. So we need to get engaged. We can't hide and huddle and wait. God, what am I going to do? Now is not the time. I'm scared. Or for whatever reason, I'm not even talking pandemic times. I'm talking life in general, that we have to engage ourselves, that we're called in the terms that we use in Spanish as a mojartu camiseta. Get your shirt wet. Your soccer jersey. The soccer players, they don't just stand there and watch the ball go by and say, yeah, I'll wait for the next one. They're running around. Those dudes are covered in sweat. And he's not calling us to be bench warmers. He's called us to engage ourselves, to get our shirts wet. You know, I put a soccer jersey out there um, from Peru of the national team. You need to get your shirt wet. It's not time to sit on the sidelines and just wait. And you can't say because I'm too young or too old. There's never, it's never too late. It's never too early. Just do it. What is God calling you to do? Your life needs to reflect the gospel. So in closing this morning, in the balance, think of that balance we talked about at the beginning. How do you measure up? How are you measuring up to the gospel of Christ? And that's the question that we want to respond to this this morning. That's the question I felt like God was saying, how do we measure up? You know, you guys are doing a great work. We're doing a great work. Our other missionaries are doing a great work, but it's all because we're working together. See, I couldn't do what I'm doing if you didn't help me get there. I literally, I have no income. I live by faith. I, I pray that God, YWAM is a faith-based ministry. We pray. We believe God. I put together videos to inspire, encourage. Hey, we got a project we're doing. Can you help us out? But God always has provided. There are times when I do it publicly and there's times when I just pray. And God just blesses. But he's calling us all to take part in something. To engage ourselves in this gospel. And it'll look very different for you than it looks for me. Or it could look even even more like me. I don't know. But we need to engage ourselves. So I want to ask you to just close your eyes where you're at this, this morning. And as we respond to the word of God, I want you to respond to that question. You and God, how do I measure up? God will speak to you. He will show you. you, He he might just be saying, great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. Keep going. He might be saying, I've been talking to you this for a while and you've been resistant. Because a lot of times we say, God, I'll serve you. 
to here no more. But when we go to Christ, we have to be willing to renounce the when, the where, the how, the why. And just let him speak to us and say, God, if that's what you're calling me to do, that's what I'll do. I'm 50 years old. God called me to online ministry to do videos, trendy videos on my cell phone because that's all I got. I have a brand cell phone that you guys don't even have in the United States. And, but I'm doing it. And I'm saying, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, show me how. And he keeps doing it. So I want to challenge you this morning. Just take a moment with you and God where your eyes are closed. The worship team is going to play a song. And we can just respond to the word right where we're at. Say, God, I want to live my life worthy of the gospel for what you've done for me. For what you've done for me, I want to measure up with you. I know that I could never, ever give back as much as he's given me, but I'm going to do everything possible in this life to give him, to do, to sacrifice, whatever the cost, because I want to please him. I want to live a life of faith. I want to live a life that counts. I want to live a life that's worthy of the gospel. Father, we just thank you this morning for your word for what you're doing. God, I, I pray as, the, as my church is meeting now, God, that you would just bless them this morning, bless their worship, bless the word of God. God, I pray for those who are listening this morning from home, those who are sick, those who are struggling physically, emotionally, spiritually. I pray a blessing over them. I pray that you would bring healing to them. I pray that you would bring refreshing and restoring. I pray for those who are, who are listening that God would just touch and bless each one of you. That he would show you what more, if there's something that you need to be doing, don't resist him. Just let him work. Get your shirt wet. Engage yourself in what he's calling you to. God, we just praise you this morning. We give you glory.